Welcome to the weekly Unpacking It Facebook Live podcast, where we unpack the very latest in sports, faith, and life. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, from his mouth to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson, here for the next hour to unpack sports, faith, and life with you, the Unpacking It community of sports fans following Jesus. Luke is here. Henry is here. We have got an NFL weekend to discuss. Wow. Week number two. Lots of close games coming down to the wire. Big upsets. But really, in the NFL, is anything an upset anymore? Any team, any week, any game. Let's go. It's fun. I love it. Uh, It was a, a really fun weekend of football. And then tonight, we get to see if Green Bay can bounce back. What will Aaron Rodgers look like tonight against Detroit? team he loves to beat up on so we'll uh we'll get into all of that today on the show we'll also do tap drill henry's back we'll do i'm convinced we'll do uh unpack this about identity and we'll talk about some of these teams and and players after two weeks you know, who are they who are they going to be and and how does that relate to our own lives uh, be sure to check out our website unpackingit.com. uh thanks to those of you watching on youtube or facebook uh, you can leave your comments. Uh, also, those watching on Twitter and then everyone that listens later on the podcast, we love you as well and appreciate you and your support. Uh, great coming to you live here on a Monday at 2-ish Eastern, and this will be our, our normal time slot throughout the fall. Uh, and so we hope that you will make this appointment viewing and listening. Let's say hello to Luke. Luke, how are you? How was the weekend? Weekend was great. Uh, spent it with the in-laws. So uh, we went up for Madeline's dad's birthday to a little Pittsburgh, Texas. No Pittsburgh Steelers fans there. Uh, really? Yeah, East Texas. So uh, no love okay. for the name Pittsburgh, but I guess they're either Saints fans or Cowboys fans. So uh, we were in Pittsburgh, Texas. Uh, went to a parade, local parade. So oh, I don't nice. know if okay, I don't know cool. if you're a lover of parades. I'm sure people have their takes on parades, but it was a long and diverse parade. Lots of things to see, which in my opinion makes a great parade. So very very pleased with that. So do you want to know my take on parades? Now that I would love I would love to know your take on parades. You you always catch me off guard on these topics, but uh I am not a parade guy. Now, I have two daughters and so I will be open-minded to enjoy parades through their lens but up until this point on my own i'm not a parade guy and you know i'm not especially i especially don't understand the parades on tv like the idea of watching these boring parades all monday or all uh, morning during uh what is it thanksgiving and new year's yeah. day i guess are the the big days so that's not Norm- appointment viewing for you huh normal well normally growing up i would sleep in but you know now that i'm a dad up early uh, probably not the case, but yeah, I'm not going to go out of my way to, to watch the parades. Get, hmm. Bring me the football. I'm, I'm, I'm there for the Fair. football. And then the Fair. idea of standing, standing in a, in a crowd, like hoping they're going to throw candy to you. Like that's the, maybe the best part of a parade, but in well, here's general, the thing. I find them too, too, too slow and too boring. Parades are opting out of the candy recently. I don't know if, oh, I don't know if it's, gosh. if it's COVID, but I think it's safety to, to prevent kids from Stop running it. out. 
But oh, oh, the kid. Okay, a candyless parade. Candy. Yeah, I, I, I agree. A parade without candy is is concerning, unless the parade makes up for it with what is in the parade. And what was in this parade was awesome. We got the Jeep Club, the Ford <laughs> Shelby Mustang Club, of course, like your duchesses and homecoming, all that stuff. But some really cool tricked out golf carts. We had a an Irish uh, bagpipes group that was marching down. Ooh. That was awesome. That was cool. Okay, so you so you sound like you're you're you can get into it. You're all right. Yeah, I just want to see some awesome things. Yeah. At a parade. So, You're expecting to see awesome things at a parade. Well, fair. I'm trying to figure out in my head in the moment to, to uh, counter that argument you're, you're making. But uh, for this particular circumstance, small town, the whole community is there. If you enjoy kind of those small town vibes, it could be cool. But fair. And I also – I like the Thanksgiving parade. I think part of it was just tradition growing up, waking up. I walked downstairs and – all my extended families down there talking, eating the copious amounts of food. Uh, but. I tried to wake up by about eleven and, and be down there, <laughs> you know, for for uh, game time. Eat kick and off. then watch my boys play. Kick off for the Lions, the early game. That's yeah. right. Uh, so no, that's that's hilarious that you went to a parade. Good for you. That sounds like a, a nice nice weekend. Um, I, I spent most of the weekend, you know, hanging out with the family and watching football. So, uh, so nice, nice little fall, fall weekend. So was it solo? Are you going solo in the man cave or are other family members? Are you indoctrinating your daughters yet to the Sunday man cave? So, so this is uh, this is a big development. Mm. Addie, who just turned two years old is showing a great interest in football. Wow. And, and so this began uh, months ago. When, you know, I'm thinking of, okay, how do I help her learn and grow and, and, you know, understand how to identify objects and items? Well, Mm -hmm. what I decided to do was let me teach her NFL logos. So being able to see an an image and recall, you know, what that image is. So we have gone through the 32 NFL logos and she is doing a great job. And so that has now transitioned to me watching the game. And so, for instance, I was watching the Kansas City and Baltimore Ravens game. Yep. And what did she say? She goes, oh, Chiefs. Chiefs. Ooh. Chiefs are on. <laughs> and my wife goes, is that wait, is that really the Chiefs? Yeah, it's the Chiefs. Daddy knows who's <laughs> playing. And then she'll, she'll start to say, watch foot, like uh, I forget exactly how she says, but watch football with Daddy. Watch football with Daddy. So she, she is now wanting to watch football and, and either on the couch or in her own chair. So I mean, oh. no, I'm gonna sit in my own chair. So she's closer to the TV, and then she'll stand and point at certain <laughs> things on the TV. So she'll point to the the, the different uh, team, you know, logos. But then what also gets a little confusing is under the scroll for certain games, you know, it will show the the scores, and hmm. they'll put both of the logos. Well, she'll say, "Oh, Saints," and I'll go, "Well, no, the Saints aren't playing. Oh, the Saints are on the bottom scroll." And so oh. she'll, point to, she'll point to the team. Then she's actually starting to understand the game to a certain extent. And here's what she says. So every player is called boy, which is mm. hilarious. So <laughs> here we are as diehard you know, NFL fans, and we're watching these, you know, these grown men, these tough yeah. men, you know, tackle each other. Well, from her perspective, <laughs> is a boy falls on the floor. You know, boy, boy on the ground. Boy on the ground. Boy missed it. Boy missed Ooh. it. So here we go. Lamar Jackson. 
uh, you know, boy, boy tackled or boy touchdown. And so I was showing her, I was showing her the Lamar Jackson flip. She loved that. That was a big Ooh. hit. Uh, that turned out turned out well. So I know you are very much team recliner. You're you're yes. in your recliner. So how much is is Maddie taking after you? Does she have her own? child version recliner where she's in her recliner it's about like a third of the size and then she's close to the tv as well or what's the status there it's not a full-on uh recliner it is a small soft white chair that, that's mm. no it's not not real fancy yet but she she understands the game she understands getting comfy in the chair and, and you know cozying up to the to the tv so it's, yeah. it's pretty you got to get the next thing now that she's known logos you got to get her the mini football helmet collection Ooh, that's next cool. I like that. And then one quick side note, I was watching the fantasy football show with uh, Matthew Barry, and I don't know if you've ever seen it on ESPN Plus, but they have puppets. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. she loves the puppets. So, so she was demanding, <laughs> she was demanding the fantasy show to watch the puppets. Wow. So, so thank you, Matthew Barry, for that. That was a dual. Uh, I got a little fantasy <laughs> advice at the last minute, and and Maddie enjoyed uh, watching yeah. it. So hmm. there you go. All right. So it was a fun, fun weekend, and, and little Maddie. Uh, it's it's scary. She's going too. She's getting into it. Um, wow. So let's start with I'm convinced, and I'm going to go NFL. I think Luke's going to go golf. Uh, so big weekend in the golf world with the Ryder Cup this weekend. Uh, one of our loyal listeners, Brady, is is on his way uh, to the Ryder Cup, so he's excited. No about way. That. Oh, that's shout cool. out. Shout out to Brady. So we'll try to get that's an update cool. update from him uh, when he gets back. But uh, here's what I'm convinced of. So as you can tell in the studio, if you're watching, we've got some uh, kind of blue and white lights today instead of your traditional unpacking it green. And then I'm wearing, you know, the bright blue shirt. So I'm oh, repping yeah. the, the Carolina Panthers, the 2-0 and Panthers today. But hmm. I have a couple I'm convinced. One, I'm convinced that the defense for the Carolina Panthers is the reason the Panthers are 2-0. and And the league is starting Ooh. to take notice at just how good this defense is. Now, I've got them on two fantasy teams, so I'm all in. I've already had the defense. I was bought in very young. They've drafted well. They went all in on, on establishing a young, consistent, energetic defense that's going to force turnovers, and that's what they're doing through two weeks. Now, a lot of people hmm. talk about Sam Darnold, which we'll get to a point and into to a certain – we'll get to in a moment. But my point is the defense is what is going to be the most consistent and will take the Panthers – very, very far this season uh, if it continues on this track and these young players continue to develop. Okay. Now, the one other thing I'm convinced of based on yesterday's game that I'm convinced you have to have assistant coaches in the NFL. Yeah. And the fact that, that the, the Saints were without like eight of them, I think really hurt them because they looked lost. They just didn't seem themselves. They, they weren't in sync and – I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they've been, you know, away from their home with everything going on in, you know, the New Orleans area, but then also not having your coaches, that's mm-hmm. a big deal. And I think we've we've yeah. maybe over overlooked, or at least from my vantage point, you think at some of these you know, you look at some of these sidelines, you go, How many people can you have on your sideline? How many coaches do you really need? Do you really need a tight ends coach and then a an assistant tight ends coach? But when you take them away, I think we saw that with the Saints yesterday. They, they really struggled. Uh, we'll yeah. talk about Jameis in just a little bit. In regards to the offense, hmm. I'm convinced the weapons are as good as any weapons in the NFL. And I'm convinced that Sam Darnold has come in. He's not trying to do too much. He is playing steady football. He's not turning over the ball too much. An interception here or there. Uh, part, of, part of football, unless you're Tom Brady. Um, and so... I, I have been pleasantly surprised with Sam Darnold. Hmm. I still wonder 
if the Panthers made a mistake by passing on Justin Fields, that jury is still out. Um, okay. And then I will also say this. It's only two games with the Panthers, and I'm not like I'm not 100% sold that Sam Darnold is the ultimate answer and that he's going to carry the Panthers to the playoffs and beyond. But I am pleasantly surprised. I'm very optimistic, and we'll take it, you know, one game at a time. It's only been two games. Like yesterday, I think the assistant coaches hurt the Saints a little bit. And then week one, it was the Jets. So we haven't seen enough just yet from the Panthers, but I am still hmm. excited to see a 2-0 and record. Uh, let's go. Here we go. We'll jump on I th- in. I think your I'm convinced deserves a round of applause on the uh, <laughs> on the soundboard. So if you're, if you're feeling generous to yourself, maybe go and hit that because uh, I, I agree with that 100%. I don't think I, I know. I don't know where the applause is. So sorry. Ah. Hit the wrong button. Um, so before I say my, I'm convinced I am. Con, I am first convinced that I agree with what you just said. I don't think the jury is still out on. Did the Panthers make a mistake on not drafting Justin Fields? Because I think something's brewing here with the Darnold, Matt rule, Joe Brady trifecta. Okay. Because. Man, does Darnold look awesome. And Matt Rule, maybe in a a couple of years, could he be considered, hey, is he a top five offensive coach in the league? Matt Rule? Wow. Keep Joe Joe Brady on your side. He's talking about value of assistant coaches. Yes, there it is. This Panthers team is scary. Especially, I mean, there's no – it's obvious that the offensive weapons are there. Of course, Christian McCaffrey, but Darnold looks great. I think Darnold looks really solid, and he's certainly good enough to be the quarterback of a Super Bowl contending team. Mm. And I am nervous because we're only, I think we're only a couple weeks away from a Cowboys Panthers showdown. So that maybe when, when our, our friendship may have to be put on hold that week. Uh, no, just kidding. Well, we're already, we are, we, we're already, we're already playing, playing each other in fantasy. We're already playing each other in fantasy. And it looks like I pulled away last night. It did. Gosh. No, we'll I, see tonight. We'll see tonight. But it looks yeah, like I we'll see. Away. We'll see. But I, I agree. Panthers look awesome. I really like how Darnold looks. My, I'm convinced. One, so jealous that. Brady's going to the Ryder Cup because that's an all-time event. So one, I'm convinced that this is one of the more important Ryder Cups in Ryder Cup history for the United States team. One, because we got pummeled in 2018 in Paris, and we have a crazy talented team, way more talented than Team Europe, and the golf course is set up for Team USA to dominate. It's long. Low rough. It's just going to be drive it far, hit it close, make birdies. Which majority of Team Europe isn't set up to play like that. Which is why in Paris, they the European captain set up the course to be short and narrow, which did not suit well for all of the long drivers on the United States team. Which gets me to my true. I'm convinced is I'm convinced that the way the Ryder Cup is set up is not good for the long-term Ryder Cup. So the captains get to, they have an unbelievable amount of say in the setup of the course. So Steve Stricker, the Team USA captain, he gets to 
have its significant voice in where the pins go, how high or how low the rough is cut, how long some of these holes are made. And you totally transform the course into just suiting your team. And that happened in Paris too. We're going to make it really narrow for Team Europe, or we're going to make it short, difficult pin locations, which it almost turned long term. This is going to turn into whatever country or whatever team hosts the Ryder Cup wins. And I don't think that's very fun. I'm convinced that there needs to be a third party that oversees course setup to where you make it more neutral, to where Team Europe and Team USA has to recruit and has to put together a team that has diverse skill sets that can play on different courses. Mm -hmm. Because U.S., they're just like, okay, let's just go get the longest drivers. Let's just get bombers. And then... In 2018, Europe, okay, let's just get a bunch of guys who can hit fairways. And that's just not as fun from the fans' perspective because it's just going to lead to more blowouts, but not competitive, neutral course. Both teams are really having to figure it out. So that's what I'm convinced of. I hope this is the last year that a Ryder Cup captain can completely decide how the course is set up just because it's it's just not as fun of a viewing experience. That's a that's a, a fair take. Uh, what I'm most looking forward to this weekend are the the personalities, the dynamics, the relationships on yeah. Team USA. Do they come together? Do they rally? Oof. Do they do they encourage each other? Do they stick together? What kind of controversy will there be? Will there be too much tension? Does it affect the game? Does it spill over to the course? Uh, so uh, yeah. it's it's going to be intriguing. So so looking forward to that. And, yeah. and get this. So I've got a wedding this weekend. So I've been waiting for my buddy to get married for years. He's, it's fine. He finally pulled the trigger. Oh, yeah. It was like this summer, and the, he's like, hey, oh, yeah, all of a sudden, I'm getting married. Well, you get married in the fall? <laughs> so now he's getting married in the fall. And so I just had a baby. I got to drive down, and it's, in the, it's, it's on a Sunday. So the wedding is on a Sunday. So I'm going to be missing a lot of sports, so I'll be driving back. So I'm going to be calling you, Luke, for some updates. All right. Uh, so, uh, so I'll give you – I'll fill everybody in on the wedding on Monday, but um, I'm I'm happy for my friend. I'm excited. I'm I'm a groomsman. Yeah. Um, but are you going? Are you going solo? I am. Okay. So it's going to bring us back to a, a previous conversation on how you navigate the dance floor, because as no, you said Sunday previously, at, at is what it's a Sunday morning wedding. Ooh, so <laughs> one of a kind. And we, we, I am in uncharted truly, territory. Truly, truly uncharted have, territory here. We have here. thrown out the wedding book. <laughs> we have thrown it out. There are no rules. There are no, you know, <laughs> traditions. We don't. We don't have a clue. Wow. You know what I'm stepping into. So you have, you have the potential to be a trendsetter here, or you could just be the first one out in like an intrusion or a military battle and you're just (laughs) going to get sliced and diced. So we'll see because previously regarding the dance floor, you said, Hey, when you're a dad, you just bring your kids out there. You can't mess up dancing with your young kids. Impossible to look bad, but you're going solo. We've got a married guy here. He doesn't have his family to kind of give him that fallback, that safety net. So does he venture out to the dance floor and risk it all? On a Sunday morning wedding, I don't think there will be a dance floor. I, I, I really don't. We, unless it's a you know, praise and worship floor on a Sunday morning. What are we doing Maybe. here? <laughs> right? So then you might see me running through there the aisles. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. It should be, it should be, it should be uh, entertaining oh, and fun. So I will give a full report uh, mm. next Monday. All right. Let's, uh, speaking of praise and worship, let, let's get to our, our unpack this 
segment this week. And before we jump in, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. All right. So there are, you know, with, with two weeks into the NFL, still a lot of questions. We're still yeah. wondering, okay, what are these teams all about? What do we really believe about certain teams? What do we understand about certain teams? And, and ultimately, this is the question that I want to unpack today. It's who are these teams going to be this year? Hmm. Who are they going to be? Because after week one, we had a lot of concerns about the Titans, the Bills, the Ravens. And after yesterday, they all bounced back. Buffalo dominated Miami. Unbelievable. Shut out. Looked great. And so we, we've, you know, kind of started to get to know them as a high-powered offense led by Josh Allen. They got back to that yesterday. And, and what do we know the Titans to be? A hmm. run-first, rely-on-Derrick-Henry yes. identity. What do we know about the Baltimore Ravens? When they're at their best, their identity is, is in Lamar Jackson. And it goes through Lamar Jackson. Yesterday, he carried them in dramatic fashion, an unbelievable win, over 100 yards on the ground, two touchdowns on the ground, and they beat the Chiefs. Going for it on fourth down. I love you know John Harbaugh saying, hey, you want to go for it? Absolutely. Unreal. Let's go Crazy. for it. And, and Baltimore got the win. And so their identity is a run-first team, and that's, and that's, that's who they are. Now, I want to take a look at a couple individual players, and we'll go back to the Panthers and, and Saints game. You know, so, so Sam Darnold <clears throat> comes into the league as a, as a top pick. I guess he was third overall by the Jets. And so there was a lot of you know, excitement for him in New York early on. Well, then he became known as a bust. You know, he was injured a lot, turnovers, losing. It just wasn't, it wasn't a great situation in New York. And so he was able to leave the Jets behind and start over, start new, Mm-hmm. in Carolina, right? And so now, through two weeks, he's leaving that former quarterback behind. Who he used yep. to be as Sam Darnold, that is no longer who he is. And right now, who's he going to be? He's going to be a reliable, trustworthy, 300-plus yard passer and and throwing touchdowns, getting DJ Moore involved, Robbie Anderson involved, and of course, CMC out of the backfield. And that's that's who he's becoming. That That's who he is as a quarterback. Now, on the other side, yesterday, in week one, we saw Jameis Winston throw five touchdowns. And oh, we're yeah. thinking, all right, maybe he left the Tampa Bay Bucks, Jameis Winston behind. The, the what is it, 30 touchdowns, 30 interception guy. I just knocked yeah. Brett Favre in the studio. Um, <laughs> not a good sign for the Packers tonight. He is, Brett Favre is down and out, ladies and gentlemen. He is down and out. Poor Brett. Poor Brett. Poor Brett. Um, so, so we thought, okay, maybe he's, you know, this is the new and improved Jameis Winston in New Orleans. Well, yesterday he reverted back. He, he only threw, well, he threw zero touchdowns and he threw two interceptions, mm-hmm. barely threw over a hundred yards. It was an ugly day for Jameis and, and the saints. And so he reverted back to uh, the old Jameis. And, and so you know, all of that is to, to set up and, and, and to parallel our own lives. And so what do we, what we do during unpack this is we take a current sports story and, and relate it to the Bible and, and our own personal lives and our own journeys of, of faith. And, and so I think oftentimes we too wrestle with who we're going to be 
or who we really are. And, and we can struggle oftentimes to live out our true identity. And, and so sometimes we might be like the, you know, the Titans or the Ravens where we lose sight of our identity for a week, right? Or a day or a year or whatever. And we lose sight of, of who we really are. And, and then sometimes we, we revert back to, you know, the, the not so good side of us, right? Yeah. We're throwing interceptions and turning the ball over. Um, and then some of us, you know, we finally embrace this new identity. And ultimately we are given a new identity when we surrender our lives to Jesus and, and, and declare that he is our savior and Lord and place our faith in him. And what's unbelievable and powerful and amazing is that for those of us who follow Jesus, we are given uh, a new identity. And as it says in second Corinthians, we become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And so we have to understand what this identity means. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to be in Christ? And, and so we can now be assured that we are redeemed. We are forgiven. We are an heir with Christ. We are yeah. a friend of God. And, and as First Peter adds, for you, you are a chosen people. You are a royal, uh, you are royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And then Romans 6, 6 says, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Hmm. And, And so Jesus, he's the one who changes our identity. We no longer have to be the bust, the draft bust, quote unquote. We yep. no longer have to be the person who you know regularly throws multiple interceptions. That's not who we have to be anymore. Yep. Uh, and so his transforming grace allows us to operate as someone who is personally loved by the creator of the universe, who considers us his own. We no longer have to live like the person that we used to be because the Holy Spirit now lives in us. Yep. And so we have to be careful not to lose sight of who we are in Christ and, and that we are now capable of, of pursuing God's purposes and, and, and truly living it out. And so if he's, oh, called, yeah. us, if he's called us to run the ball, we got to run the ball because that's right. who we are. That's who he made us to be. And, and so we can't, can't lose sight of that. Um, and so, uh, so there you go. So you can un- unpack that. Uh, and, and as we uh, evaluate the, where are we placing our identity uh, in our own lives and, and who are we in Christ and do we live from an understanding and an acknowledgement of that yeah. day in, day out, or do we, to tend to, to revert back in to, to who we used to be and, and lose sight of it. So, Luke, why don't you jump on in? Man, that, that's uh, that's really encouraging. Bringing the heat this morning. You may have to, uh, on the Sunday morning dance floor, maybe you just have to go into to preaching that. People are going to be dancing. You're going to be giving an on-the-fly sermon. Um, you know, identity is one of those things that could be one of the most scary things or one of the most freeing things so like i think it's important to realize we are born the bust like it's not like we're born oh bryce johnson was was just born he's got a lot of hype to be the to live a a life of perfection oh yeah he's he's got he's got all this hype oh luke was just born he's the real deal no we're born in sin we're born the bust already in need of a new identity and, and, and God does that through his son, Jesus. Life, death, 
resurrection, that our identity is now in the risen Christ. That's where righteousness comes from. And that is so encouraging, knowing that my identity of a bust has been changed and that it's not even my job now to keep that identity or preserve. I think a lot of people fall in, whether they think it or just in how they live. It's easy to, for me, it's easy to fall into this and in how I live my life on, okay, yeah, I've been saved, but okay, now I really need to preserve this salvation. Now I really need to keep it by my good play, by my good works. No, it's, it's God who saves us and it's God who keeps us. And yes, there's a responsibility. I guess not like we're just puppets. Like there's a responsibility to live, to live according to the Spirit, to receive God's grace, and then and then uh, yield fruits of the Spirit. But we can't do it on our own. The Holy Spirit empowers us. God's grace empowers us, and the the freedom of that new identity, knowing that I have, I don't even have a chance. I, I, God has saved me. I'm not going back to being a bust anymore. And certainly there's going to be some steps back. Like you think at Jameis Winston, we're going to see next week, is he going to step back? Just because he threw five TDs in the opening week doesn't mean, okay, well, that is his floor now. No, like we want him to be a good quarterback and keep progressing. Just like our lives, we get saved. Okay, now we keep progressing. We keep taking steps forward. But there are going to be steps back. You and me both can think even years in to following Christ— are we without sin? Not even close. Every day we sin and fall short. And some days it's bigger falling short than others. But yet we know that it's God who keeps us, and it's God who continues to propel us forward. So we don't have to worry, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I did that. Oh, that was, uh, man, that was really sinful. And how could I do that? I, I'm a Christian. Okay, yeah, I'm still sinful because I still have this body of flesh. But I know that, okay, even though I did that, it's God who has saved me and is God who is propelling me forward. I don't have to worry that, oh my gosh, am I a bust again? No, I have this new identity and it's not going anywhere. Yeah, and no, it's awesome. And and for yeah, for Jameis, like he doesn't have to to fall into the trap of saying, "Oh, same old Jameis. I'm just the same old. I'm the same old guy. I'm ne- I'm never gonna yeah uh, move move past that." And so that's that's the key. That's why we we cling to these verses, knowing who we are now. Mm-hmm. That, that even as we slip up, that's we're yeah we're not we don't have to we don't have to. That's not that we don't. That's not our identity. The mistake isn't our identity. The off yeah. day isn't our identity. Our identity is in Christ. Um, yes. So there is hope. There is new life. And so that's where that's where we push ahead. Um, and so uh, so yeah. So it's a no. It's a powerful thing to to grasp and to live out of. That's yeah. the key because it's so easy to we are what we do, and sometimes that's our job. It, 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 you know, oh my identity is what I what I used to do. My identity is you know what the sins that I did do or am doing or, you know, that, then that becomes who we are and we're identified as that. Um, or no, I'm identified as a sinner saved by grace who follows Jesus. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's who we are and that we are fully loved and, and, and the, the grace and forgiveness that we don't deserve uh, has been given to us and we've been adopted into the family of God. Yeah. And, and so that's who we are and, and you can't take that away from us. So let's, uh, let's cling to that. 
And, you know, even back to Jameis. Jameis is now with the New Orleans Saints. That's who he is. That's right. He went from uh, from Bucks to, to Saints. We've gone from sinner to saint. That's Come on. <laughs> That's who we are. <laughs> Let's, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, Henry wanted to jump in. Let's say hello to Henry. We'll hear more from him in a little bit with Tap Drill, uh, everybody's favorite segment. But, uh, but for now, Henry, why don't you, you jump in and add, add a few thoughts? What's going on, boys? Great to be with you again. I really missed you guys. Um, I wanted to jump in on this because this is such a powerful, uh, a powerful concept of identity. We talk about we talked about the verses that you guys talked about, and correctly so. Uh, another verse that I come up with is Galatians two twenty, when it says, "I'm crucified with Christ." Now, let's take that for a quick second. When we're crucified with Christ, that means that part of us is gone. Part of us is dead. Part of us died. And with Sam Donald in particular, and Sam Donald is a great analogy of that, is because when Sam Donald wound up on the, wound up on the, uh, on the Panthers, his Jets career died. Whatever he did in, in, yep. with his Jets career, that's gone. That's dead. The identity that he had with the Jets is not the same identity that he has with the Panthers. The identity that he had with the Jets was one of being a savior because of the fact that the Jets have not had a person to lead their org, not just lead the team, but lead the organization for so long. They looked at Sam Donald as the savior and, and probably incorrectly. So rather than just for look at him to say, look at him as a good quarterback, who we can develop around, we could put stuff around him. No, we told him, here's the franchise. The franchise is not in a great place. We want you to lead our franchise. The problem is, is that Sam Darnold isn't God. And that's what they tried to make it. Excuse me. That's what they tried to make him into. So when he went over to the Panthers, that jet part of his career is done. And now he lived not now that he doesn't live. But Christ lives in him to say that now he's not the Panthers. He's a part of the Panthers. He's not asked to save the franchise. He's asked to be an integral part of the franchise. He's now a new, he now has a new identity. He's still the quarterback. He's still the guy that runs the offense per se, but now he doesn't have to be the savior of the franchise because now the franchise can be, can be in him as opposed to he being in the franchise. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Henry, Henry, powerful whole new parallel. That's, no, that's good stuff. And, and I think that's, it's true too, with, with Darnold, he's not asked to, to do too much. He's able to, to be comfortable in, in the role that, that they've got for him. And, and he's, he's making the most of it so far Two wins. It looks like a new quarterback out there. And, and like I was saying earlier, the Panthers have a strong defense so they can rely on the defense and, and Sam just doesn't need to turn the ball over, utilize those weapons that are around him, and it's going to be a nice season for him. And, and he's going to put up some good numbers. So, uh, so there you go. There's Unpack This. Uh, you can check out the devotional that will go out later today. You can subscribe uh, to receive Unpack This devotionals in your email inbox uh, by going to unpackingit.com slash subscribe. All right, let's get into all the other NFL stories from the weekend. There were so many close games. Oh, man. I mean, it was incredible. I, I do want to let, – let's start with – well, last night, the big game. Uh, everybody's talking about the, Lamar Jackson and, and the bounce-back you know, performance by him. And, and you know, to some degree, the loss 
for the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs have got gotten off to a an incredible start. They struggled a little bit against Cleveland, uh, but they're going to mm-hmm. be fine in the long run. Um, we know what they're capable of. They're going to be talented. What's interesting with the Chiefs is they look up at the standings. They've got the Raiders two and zero, the Broncos two and zero. Yeah, uh, the Chargers uh, a little bit of a surprising start for them. I haven't been real impressed necessarily with 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 them so far. They, they've been fine. I think they're going to be in the mix. I, I don't think they've taken the step forward yet. Um, and so last night with the Ravens, Lamar is as exciting as any player in the league. And when he's really clicking, when he's really yeah. going, it is fun to watch. But, you know, you hate to always go back to this this default take, but can he sustain it for the whole season? That's that's really the that, that's always the question with, with him and, and Baltimore. I love his game. Yeah. I, mean, I, th- I think he's got it. He is a passer. He is a runner. He is a leader. He is clutch. He can do all those things. And he struggled against the Chiefs um, in, in years past. Ha- ha- hasn't been able to beat them. So that was a big confident, confidence booster for him. And and the Ravens, you know, they're, they're looking at their division. Bengals fall yesterday. Steelers fall yesterday. Browns win. And, you know, they had a tough Monday night loss overtime uh, against the, the Raiders. So how would they bounce back? To me, this was a an important national game uh, to do it against the team in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, so yeah. I feel like you know there were a lot of concerns with all the injuries in Baltimore. Now they can feel good and say, "Hey, here we go. We're going to be all right." Lamar's our guy, MVP candidate, uh, former MVP, and now another candidate early in the season. So yeah, that that was a big, big yeah. Go ahead. I mean, it's a huge confidence booster. I mean, for for the Ravens, I mean one. To give them credit, oh, they finally beat Mahomes. That was Mahomes' first time losing in September in his career. Is that not absurd? I think that's his first interception he's thrown in September, which is unbelievable. Like, no, he's been untouchable. And then for the Ravens on a Sunday night game to go out and beat them in a close game, it looked like they were going to lose on a game when it looked like a field goal was about to beat them. And then the God Edwards aware fumble. But. Throughout the first part of the game, almost the first half, I'm thinking because you have Lamar Jackson, and I only have I have Aaron Rodgers left to play, which certainly I hope for a bounce back game fantasy wise. But I'm only like ten points down, and it wasn't it was looking bad for me the first couple games, and then I started coming back, and I'm thinking, wow, if Lamar lays an egg here, I've got a chance. It essentially becomes Aaron Rodgers versus Hawkinson. And that's possible for me. And then monster second half from Lamar, the rushing yards, the the flip into the end zone, the jump pass to Hollywood Brown. I mean, come on, just just unbelievable. So is there not a more – I mean, I'm certainly you can make an argument for others, but they're up there with – when they're on, the Ravens are the, one of the most exciting teams to watch in football. I mean, that offense, it's it's unbelievable. And, and yeah, the Lamar's a great leader, great player. He can do it all. Um, and then a slight note on the injury bug. The injury bug has left Baltimore and is now in San Francisco. He had three running backs get hurt in one game. What's going on? It, to be a running back this season is almost like, yeah, you're going to get hurt at some point. It's unbelievable. Well, to your point, it's weird for like a whole team. To, to, I know the Ravens to have, I was thinking about that last night. Like, man, well, their top three running backs went down. Yeah. And there's Latavius Murray getting into the end zone and Tyson Williams looks good. He's a, he's a solid running back. So the fact that they were able to get those two guys 
as their fourth and fifth string running backs. That's not bad. Very Which if there's any, I mean, I feel like every season there's more and more arguments for why the Cowboys should not have paid Zeke. I mean, the Ravens have lost countless running backs and they're still bringing in guys that can do the job. There's just, there's so much talent. Not, maybe not so much talent. You really, you're not looking for what you used to look for in a running back. You need a guy that can just do enough. Because unless you're Derrick Henry and the Titans and that's your identity, yeah. you really need your running back. Hey, be able to catch ball to backfield. Can you hit? Can you make a few blocks? We don't need you to be just a bell cow out here. No, because because yeah. even Christian McCaffrey isn't. He didn't. He didn't rush for as many yards yesterday. I mean, he does a ton out of the backfield. No. But yeah, uh, but they they're spreading that around a little bit more too. And and you know, I think it's important because otherwise these running backs get get worn out. Yeah, uh, even Tony CMC Pollard with a big game, and you left him on your bench. Thank goodness. I, I am a. Tony, this is a Tony Pollard house. Get rid of Zeke. <laughs> play Tony Pollard, Dallas. You know Come what's on. good for you. Yeah. So uh, I've been arguing with my brother about that. So I t- sent him that text early in the game when Pollard, Pollard scored instead of Zeke. Oh yeah, Pollard's better than Zeke. Look out. So how do you feel about the Cowboys? So the, the Cowboys get a win, um, beating the, the the Chargers. Who good win? You know, like I said, I think they're still legit. I just haven't been overly impressed uh, with the Chargers yet. They snuck, they snuck one out uh, week one and then, you know, barely lost this one. So they're in games. They, they need that convincing yeah. win to, to really, I don't know, emerge as an elite team. But uh, but Dallas is legit. You know, losing week one to, to Tampa Bay, we talked about. It was an impressive yeah. loss. So what was your big takeaway from yesterday's win? Well, I was nervous going in oh, because if you don't show up against the Chargers – that's a team that could – I mean, that's a game that can get away from you quickly. If Herbert's on, they've got talent, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Eckler, and they've got some weapons on defense. But going in, you lose Tank Demarcus Lawrence, breaks his foot, so he's gone. So, so our Cowboys' best defensive player is out. So now the best defensive player is rookie Micah Parsons, who goes in to play defensive end. His first time since high school really playing D-end. And he gets four quarterback pressures in a sack. That's marvelous. And then to win a game where Dak didn't have a great game. Last year, before Dak's injury, it was, okay, Dak needs to throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns, or we have no chance. This year, we get a, we get a, a turnover. We're creating turnovers. Defense is looking okay. Pollard's in. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. Dak doesn't even have to have an, an impressive game, and you go to los angeles and get a dub so feeling great now going to los angeles it felt almost like a cowboys game i, I don't know if you're watching or I, just I this. Yeah. hearing the reactions and going in people are saying there's going to be a lot of cowboys fans there and there is a great showing of the silver and blue so i hate that honestly i hate that at other i don't care what the teams are when you're at another stadium you don't want the away team to be able to to dominate that. Now we've seen this in Charlotte over the years, like teams like the Cowboys and even the Jets. I feel like I've been to a Jets game where I had to hear the J E T S Jets 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 chants over and over. <laughs> um, this is probably back in the Chad Pennington days, but um, but but yeah, to me, I just I know the L A Chargers is a new thing, right? You know, so that's just they're they moved from San Diego, all that, but. To go into another stadium and you got the away team with the home field advantage, that ain't right. That ain't right. I don't like that. Hey, that's no. the chart. That's the Chargers' fault. 
Cowboys fans travel well. Oh, but uh, feeling good. Being one right. one. That, that was a good win. I'm 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 pleased. All right. So I want to run through just a bunch of thoughts and and get your your reaction on my reactions from uh, <laughs> okay from from yesterday's game as I as I as I watched. So first off, with the Bucks winning. It was interesting in Atlanta. I was all out on Atlanta, and then they actually played like decent for a while. A couple nice plays here and there, but I still I stand by. I think Atlanta is one of the worst teams in the league, and it's going to be a long season. They should have traded Matt Ryan. It's still not too late. Let him free Matt Ryan. Uh, let him out. It's going to be a disaster there. Uh, but the thing about the Bucks, I absolutely think that they can and should try to go undefeated. Because another Super Bowl for, for Tom Brady will be nice. Like, it'll be impressive, and we'll get all excited. Oh, wow, another Super Bowl. But mm. going undefeated, it's a big deal. We, we still hear about the Miami Dolphins. It's just you know, from the 70s we're talking about. Go undefeated. That's the goal for the season. Now, the Super Bowl happens with that. But I, I think the first step in going undefeated is, is you have to want to go undefeated. Because we know in the NFL – you know, like the Chiefs, like they're not worried about last night's loss. Like they'll, they'll work to get better and all that, but they're fine. So now they don't worry about the undefeated season. I don't think they were worried about it. But if you're the Bucks, to me, this is an opportunity. You're so talented. You have so many unbelievable players. Go for it. So um, so I'm, I'm in on the effort. It's only two games, but I would mm. like to see them at least. They, they've won 10 in a row. So why stop now? Um, don't let off the gas. Keep, keep feeding Gronk. Um, and, and let's go. Uh, the other thing, I think it's going to be a long season for the Minnesota Vikings. They're 0-2. I don't think it gets any better. It only yeah. gets worse. Uh, the Rams are here to stay. They're 2-0. and They're legit. They're a Super Bowl contender. Uh, Matthew Stafford is the answer in L.A. Uh, so happy for him. Cooper Cup, my boy, huge, huge game yesterday. He's going to have a huge season. Uh, it's going to be good. Um, you know, One big takeaway yesterday, a lot of close games. The, the key in the NFL, you got to win the tight, ugly, close games. Yeah, got to get the ugly wins. You got to get them, and and so a couple teams did that yesterday, uh, and that and that was impressive. Um, the other thing that we know to be true: the Jets and the Jaguars, they they picked first and second for a reason, and it's going to be a long year for those teams as well. Yeah, uh, it's a dumpster fire in Jacksonville, so look out for that. My my Colts are zero and two. I'm still not panicking just yet, but Carson Wentz does not look good so far. It has not been good. He's already banged up again. Very concerning. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Eason is not the answer coming in as the backup either. Uh, maybe they should trade for Matt Ryan, but um, but it, but it's just not. It, it's a tough start, but the talent is still there in Indy, so I'm not I'm not writing them off completely. Yeah. Um, and then one more, Steelers. They're way too talented to be this limited on offense. Hmm. The offense needs to be uh, much better than what we've seen through two games. And if Big Ben's the problem. I, I, that's a, that's unfortunate because they're they're wasting some some talented wide receivers uh, with Big Ben still still at the helm. So there you go. It feels like Ben Roethlisberger's older than Tom Brady. I can't, oh, like sure. how is he still playing? Was Aaron Rodgers right? It, uh, to me, to me, Aaron Rodgers still feels younger though. I mean, coming off MVP season, when's the last like really good season from Big Ben? It's it's been a while, and, and in many ways, he's holding them back. It's sad. I know. I like Big Ben. I drafted Najee Harris thinking he's going to be pretty much the only guy out of the backfield. Which he is. Which he is. Which he is. And, and he, he had a 19-point fantasy game yesterday. But 
man, like I, I, it, farm too. it took a while getting those points. My boy, Derek Henry, 50 piece. <laughs> so in another league, hope, I wish that was against you. I would have needed it, but hundred and something yards, three touchdowns. Okay. So I grew Tampa Bay. That would be cool if they went undefeated. It is possible looking at their schedule. I mean, their next game against the Rams, that that's difficult. They beat the Patriots. They beat the. They're going to beat the Dolphins. They're going to beat the Eagles, Bears, Saints, Washington, Giants, Colts, Falcons. So all of those games are wins. Yeah. Next tough game is December twelfth against the Bills, and then Saints, Panthers, Jets, Panthers. Yeah, they're going undefeated. Like that. That's a. It really, you just get past. Now, I think the, the Panthers could be a problematic game. I'm not just saying that to please you. I think. The Panthers could be a trap. You have them twice at the end of the season. One of those has got to be a trap game. But outside of that, one game against the Bills, one game against the Rams. Outside of that, every game is a two-touchdown win. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that would be cool. Tom Brady redeem the perfect season. Redeem it. Yes. That's redeem all that's it. left on his resume. That's right. Trying to play till fifty. That's all I he's know. I know. Don't matter at this point. They're just. I mean, what a better year. Next to Cherry. It's what a better year good. to. What a better year to try. Last year he didn't even have a great Gronk. This year Gronk's a fantasy point machine. What's going on? I feel oh, like as soon as I start him, he's going to put up a goose egg. But no, I, I, he's no Gronk's here to stay. Oh, he, he just was out of shape last year. He was goofing around for all that yeah. time. Was yeah. he out a year? He was out one year, and so yeah, he came back and it was a little rough. But now he's he's back yeah. and he's in. They're, okay, so I, I need to ask you this: What uh, should we just send like sympathy cards to Miami Dolphins fans because? Shutouts don't happen that often in the NFL. Zero points in the NFL, like that. That like said, even never happened yesterday. Say that again. Even Atlanta was scoring yesterday. I know. Thank goodness, for Cal- Calvin Ridley on my fantasy team. I've been worried, but I was happy about that. But zero points. Luke, Luke, the, uh, my fantasy guy today. Uh, seriously. Well, Just, because. <laughs> My fantasy guy. Yeah. Well, I was, I was, I was in despair after week one, but I, I'm starting to feel some life. Mike Evans came back, so uh, we're. Uh, I, I'm feeling hopeful. Luke's the fantasy guy at the office. Where, hey, let me tell you about my fantasy team. <laughs> Nobody cares, Luke. Nobody well, here's cares. the thing. That's normally you. I'm just taking that <laughs> off your shoulders today. I'm carrying that burden for you today, Mister <laughs> Mister. I'm in eight leagues. That's right. Um, That's right. But. So, so what do you think about that? Because, because zero points is egregious. Like, that's hard to do. Yeah, because I thought Jacoby Brissett was a pretty good backup quarterback. So he came in for yeah. The he's been a solid backup wherever he's been, and he didn't he didn't do much. And it was just a they, well, they haven't gotten the run game going. Whereas last year they had three different guys that ran the ball well at times, and so far you know Gaskins hasn't really gotten going, and Ahmed and uh, the third guy. So. Um, they're they're struggling to run the ball, which sets everything else up. And and you know, uh, Waddle's not bad. Uh, they're rookie receiver out of Alabama, but um, but they got a long they got a long ways to go. Um, I know they won that first game again. They stole one against New England, but that was an ugly game too. Not a low scoring game. So you're right. That offense not not clicking at all. Uh, yeah. It will be interesting to see if they if they do trade for Deshaun Watson. That's still floating out there. It's still out there. Um, all right. Yeah. One, one last thing. Um, so I still the, the jury is still out for me on the two and O Raiders, the two and O Broncos. The Broncos definitely haven't beat anyone yet. Um, they beat you know they beat the Jags and the Giants. Sorry, Henry. 
Um, and then the jury's still out on Washington and Taylor Heineke. They got to win on Thursday night. An impressive win. Heineke I don't know good. if the jury's still out there. That I also have my Cowboys. My, I always have my Cowboys. on them or not sold on them? I'm not sold on them. Okay. Not sold. This is a playoff yeah. team, though. This is a playoff team with a really good defense. Yeah, and yeah. they're one and one. So I don't know. But I, I think we're still wondering about them. And then we're still wondering about your other rival, the, the Philadelphia Eagles. So I was talking mm. to my neighbor who's an Eagles fan. He was encouraged by yesterday's loss. Uh, and then, of course, they won against Atlanta. So I just don't, I don't think we've seen enough yet. I, hmm. We've got to see a little bit more from Philadelphia to know what, what what's in store. And then a lot of people are giving love to the Raiders, and I'm afraid. I'm a Derek Carr fan. I am afraid that this is this season's cute early season undefeated team. Every Ooh. year there's always one. There's always a cute little team, the hmm. cute little story out of nowhere, and then they lose, you know, three in a row. I'm, I'm afraid that's the Raiders. I just, you know, they got they need a better running game. Jacobs was out yesterday. Drake isn't the answer. A car has been unbelievable. Is that sustainable? Can can they rely hmm. on him uh, throughout the you know throughout the whole season to carry that that offense? Um, so, jury's still out for me. But I, I I like Carr. I do. The Raiders are worth discussing because so I I I don't know if I'd go as far as them saying they're kind of that cute early success team. It's got to be the Broncos on that one. But no, I don't even think they're cute. I think we all know the Broncos. Whereas, to me, the Broncos aren't getting any hype. The Raiders are getting hype because of John Gruden. Oh, they finally. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is the story. John Gruden's the face of the team. Right? Yeah, yeah. This is, oh, in Las Vegas. This is the real, they're the real deal. Look out, Kansas City. Las Vegas is coming for you. I'm not buying it. Not yet. Yeah. But here's the thing, though the Raiders, two really good wins. So if they kind of flutter middle of the season. You've already got two really good wins to kind of fall back on. So that's fair. It's not like it's not like you beat two really bad teams and oh that doesn't really help you because you're still going to get creamed by the the good teams. They've already played two of the best teams on their schedule to I don't know Pittsburgh, I want to go that far, but Baltimore, great win. Pittsburgh, solid win, really solid win. So you've already eliminated. You've gotten. You've checked two of the toughest opponents off your schedule with wins. So again, I think they're loose momentum, but that's a great safety net to fall back on. Hey, if you if you drop a couple, it's not like you still have two really tough opponents still to play. These are two great games to win. Yeah, but this this isn't college football where you need those signature wins. True. You got to win weekend. You just need enough to get into the playoffs. Just yeah. enough. But it's going to be tough. You got the Chargers and the Chiefs and now the Broncos, which I, you know, we'll see. But good for Teddy Bridgewater getting a couple wins under his belt. He couldn't win here in Carolina. So, did, did we forget how good Derek Carr is? Did we forget? I, 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 my mind comes to the fact of, no, I wouldn't go. It's obviously not, not a perfect analogy. But when Steph took a back seat to KD or when Steph misses a whole season with his hand wrist injury, Everyone forgets about him. Then he comes back, and we're like, "Oh yeah, he is one of the best players in the league." Are we? Is Derek Carr getting that treatment? We kind of forget that. Hey, this guy is actually probably a top ten quarterback. Like he's 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 really good. <sighs> it's tough because I'm so I, like I'm a fan of. His, he was on unpacking it when he was yeah, in college. great guy, great guy. great guy. So I'm, I'm root, I root for him. 
Um, he's got a big arm. Yeah, I mean, he had some injuries. Like, he was an MVP candidate, what was it, four years ago, maybe, something like that. Hmm. When they were in the playoffs, and then he got hurt. Yeah, um, and then, they, then that was, uh, gosh, what was McGloin. that game? The McGloin. I think it was Matt oh, McGloin. I thought that was, I can't remember the, the team that went to the playoffs, and then the EJ Manuel got the start. Oh, I can't remember gosh. what team that was. The tough playoff game. Is that the Bills? Are you talking about the Raiders? Manuel was with the Raiders? Yeah, I guess maybe. But anyway, I think I, I, I wouldn't – I'm not going to jump to your uh, parallel with Steph Curry. Uh, I mean, it's fair. It's a, it's, it's a decent parallel. But Steph, Steph has proven it over Certainly, and over. Yeah. I'm not sure that Carr has been consistently a top-10 quarterback. He's had moments where he's shown that he can be, but I think he's also shown a lot of moments where – can't hit the big, make the big throw at the end of games and that and that sort of thing. Or he just hasn't had the talent around him, which is which is also a, a fair consideration. The receivers have not been strong there for a number of years. Now he's yeah. had Darren, Darren Waller, who's unbelievable. A little bit of a quieter game yesterday because the first week hard to live up to that. He had twenty <laughs> targets or whatever. Um, so you know, not quite as much with with that. But uh, if if Edwards can be legit and if Rugs can be legit, that gives Carr some more hope. Uh, to be able to throw the deep ball for the big plays, and I think yeah. that's what you want to do. Uh, but you got to have a consistent runner, and if Jacobs is banged up, I think that that catches up to him after a while. So, yeah, we could agree that he's good enough. If the team is good, Derek Carr is certainly good enough. Kind of like, uh, kind of like Darnold. Like the, they are good enough for it to be a Super Bowl team if the team around you is, yeah, is well shaped. I like the Panthers' weapons better than the Raiders. I like the Panthers' defense better than the Raiders. But I like Derek Carr better than Sam Darnold. Would you say there that you if – yeah. Okay, so yeah. would you would you say that if Christian McCaffrey didn't exist? No, I mean, McCaffrey's a huge focal point of the yeah. offense. Gosh, what a luxury. Goodness. No, luxury. And, and it's ridiculous in fantasy, too, because you have the number one, number one pick. You get CMC – and he's head and shoulders above the next guy. I mean, it's not it, even I, close. It's not yeah. even close. People Gallup, are like, oh, well. Gallup and Derek are okay, but. Yeah, but, McC- I mean, McCaffrey, it seems like he averages 80 rush yards, 60 receiving yards minimum every game. Falls out of bed getting that. That's yeah. like an okay game for him. Yeah, and then add in a couple touchdowns. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Oh. He struggled a little bit toward the goal line yesterday. It was still kind of the Panthers. He was so good at the goal line with Cam Newton, so that's an issue. But. He was. People thought he was going to be a bust. We can't forget about that. Oh well, can you really yeah. take him that early? Oh, he's, what about his size? Oh, he's going to injury prone. He's not going to last. Oh, come on. Let, Look at no, this guy. The Jacksonville Jaguars took Leonard Fournette before Ooh. CMC, and I was so thankful because then we didn't get stuck with Fournette. Now Fournette was a legend in college, though. But yeah, but. He fizzled toward the end. Yeah. I don't, and that's kind of what he's been in the NFL. He, like, shows glimpses, and then he just kind of fizzles out. It's like, ah, where is he? What a fall from grace, Jacksonville. AFC Championship game. Just a few years ago. Almost to the Super Bowl. They yeah. almost won that game. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. All right, we could talk all day. We'll, we'll stop there. Uh, maybe I'll save my take next week for the Arizona Cardinals because I was wrong about them. Very impressive. couple of games for them. Uh, and then also, uh, I guess we've, we've talked about, oh, the, the whole Chicago Bears situation. Uh, play Justin Fields. This is your chance, Chicago. Let, why, are we, why are we being silly here? Oh, if Andy Dalton's healthy, oh, da, da, da. put Fields in. Just let him play. Let's go. <laughs> enough yeah. is enough. Yeah. It's time. So they got, they got a nice win yesterday, though, because they, uh, they stole, uh, stole one. But 
it was a tight game against Cincinnati, and they, they pulled it out. So good for them. All right, let's say hello to Henry. We'll do our uh, last segment here on the show uh, on this Monday edition of the Unpacking It Live podcast, uh, our segment Tap Drill. Henry, take it away. What's going on, boys? Got the got the Travelers Championship hat in honor of Bryce and um, the Riders Cup that's coming up. Go USA. We'll put that down there. All right. So sharp golf guy. Luke's our golf. (laughs) All right, boys. Let's go. Let's start off. um, Let's start off with this past weekend. And of all the games that we had, one of the most most interesting games that we had was the uh, the Arizona Cardinals versus. Uh, the aforementioned Minnesota Vikings. Now, it was a great game in and of itself. Ty, uh, Kyler Murray running running everywhere. Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins actually keeping chase. But the real star of the show has to be Gus Johnson. We yeah. love Gus Johnson. We love when he when he announces. He can announce a backyard wiffle ball game, <laughs> and it would sound exciting. But my question to you is this. What did you think of Gus Johnson and Akib Tlaib? So mm. the the jury is still out on Akib Tlaib. He's a very unique voice in the box. Uh, he also <laughs> wore like a pink getup. Did you see this? He didn't wear a suit in the box in the in the uh, press box. But uh, I, I don't know if I like Akib Tlaib. But Gus Johnson on the call, it's a game changer. The NFL has missed him. Like this was, Gosh, such, yeah. I think we talked about it on the show. Whenever he left to go to Fox, and then they didn't put him on the NFL because they wanted him to just be this, you know, big time voice for college football. It, it's just we have missed out on him. He is so good, and he takes a game to the next level. Like yep. on paper, think about that: the Arizona Cardinals and the Minnesota Vikings. Ugh! But it ended up being a close game because Gus Johnson was on the call. This is what he does. It's the Gus Johnson effect. <laughs> He's a tremendous play by play man. And at the end of games, he's legendary. So actually, yeah. not even the end of game, the whole game. Whole he game. A first quarter, you know, first down sound like it's the, you know, the, the greatest thing ever. And I love it. I'm in. I'm yeah. In. We need him to call everything. We need him at the Masters. We need him to call the Ryder Cup. We need him to call <laughs> everything he says is miraculous. I mean, old NBA highlights of him calling games. Oh. Unbelievable. Now, I will have to say this, Shannon, with probably the comment of the day, which I agree with. The jury is out a lot today. Now, <laughs> they they're never coming back. I don't know how big this jury is, but they're out on everything. <laughs> they're not even meeting anymore. The jury's out. The, the jury's, jury's out. out. I know. I, I as I said it, I realized. Oh, I'm saying jury's out a lot. I'm I'm I'm, I'm hammering this home today. Theme you're the ju- you're the jury's out. Yeah, you're meeting your guys in the lunch break in the office, and you know what the jury's out on today, huh? Hey, oh, here comes out. Bryce. Jury's out, guy. Jury's out. Jury's out. What does it even mean? The jury's out. That needs oh, to be out. That needs to add to the phrases on. Uh, don't have a horse in the ga- a horse in the race. That type yeah. Of thing. I'm guilty. Thank you for holding us accountable, Shannon. You're all over it. Yep. Well, what the jury is not out on is Gus Johnson. I heard Gus okay. Johnson calling a New York Giants football game while he was on air with the New York Knicks. That's how that's how good Gus Johnson is. He, yep. the Giants. This was one of the years the Giants were in the Super Bowl, and the Knicks weren't that good. So he changes the broadcast from the New York Knicks into the, to the New York Giants, and everybody at Madison Square Garden was – up in arms about the touchdown. So hmm. we love Gus Johnson. Now, transferring over to another football guy, Baker Mayfield. We know how much 
Bryce loves Baker Mayfield. Have you seen the latest commercial of his, though? Where he's got the yard sale in front of Brown Stadium, and and he's trying to sell Tristan Wirfs uh, shoulder pads. I hmm. wish he would try to sell my shoulder pads, and it's my job to block for him. So, what do you think about the latest Baker Mayfield commercial? These these insurance commercials are tremendous. Like the whole concept where you know this is his home, the stadium. I absolutely love it. It's I love genius. All of them. And when they come on, like I really don't watch a lot of commercials. I watch the Red Zone channel. I put mute on the other games. And so I try not to watch a lot of commercials. But the Baker Mayfield ones are fantastic. And I love the new one where he's watering and like talking to the ladies in the yes. neighborhood. And yeah. You know, the, the neighborhood. Did she, hear that? Did she hear she pulled him out of tennis <laughs> again? <laughs> genius. Absolutely genius. Let, let, let what about just... the one about the book club where he's with where he's yes. got the book club in the crowd? And then the, the one where like they forget something and he has to run back into the stadium. Yeah. Or he's got to go turn off the lights. They're, yeah, they're all, yeah. These are brilliant. And the fact that they brought it back for another season, I'm all yeah. in. But I do need to clarify something, Henry. I'm not, I'm not a big Baker Mayfield fan. Like, he's fine. I'm not anti-Baker Mayfield. I just don't, I don't want that attached to me. So I want to <laughs> distance myself from that. Uh, I'm fine with him. Like, I, I'm fine if the Browns are good. I'm not necessarily rooting for them in particular. Uh, but, but a nice win for them. And we all win with the commercials. So I am a fan yes. of the Baker commercials. Yeah. I kind of figured you get a little rise out of big, out of about a uh, Baker Mayfield there. Um, transition likes Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I didn't, I, I, it's news to me. The jury's still out for me. The jury is out. <laughs> and there goes Shannon again. The jury, the jury is out. <laughs> oh my God. Transferring now to college football where it, it just seems like every t- every week a ranked team falls even as they win. If you've ha- if you haven't seen the latest AP top 25, uh the ever the ever present Clemson is ninth in the AP poll. Ohio State is 10th. And just as and, and just to go the opposite side of that, of course Alabama is one, Georgia is two, Oregon is now number three, mm. and Oklahoma is now number four. So my question to you boys is, are we seeing the end of Oklahoma, of uh, Ohio State and Clemson? I, I don't see how Clemson gets into the playoff at this point. Yeah. I, they're just not good enough. They're, they're really not. And, you know, hey, they lost Trevor Lawrence. He was an unbelievable talent yeah. and, and carried them. And they had, they had a great run with him. And, and so their offense just isn't where it needs to be. And they're still very talented. They, they recruit well. But they're just not at that same level as we've we've gotten used to them being. And that's okay. It's a down year. I don't think there has to be panic. Now, Alabama, they're like Tom Brady. Like, they just, you know, you just, all right, they're there. They're in the mix. We, we know that. Um, but but teams like Clemson, you know, there's, there's going to be off, off years here or there. So there there's more parity this there. season, which is more exciting. Uh, anytime there's more parity across a league – it's more exciting. Florida almost beats Bama. Yeah, Georgia's really good. Georgia has a legit shot. Yes, to to knock off Bama, and then yeah, Clemson's fallen back a little bit. Leaves teams for the resurgence of Oregon. Which how exciting is that? So I think Ohio State will be fine, especially if they win the Big Ten. Yeah, but this is going to be an exciting year for college football. Well, even Nebraska, everybody, you know, wrote they played Oklahoma well. Very tough. That was interesting. 
that was a very interesting game. Yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, I got to give a shout out to, to Penn State. So my, my cousin goes Ooh, there. Huge win. You know, the big, whiteout? Oh, big whiteout. I will say, I, I, as much as I hype up AM's home atmosphere, it's, it's tough to beat Penn State's home atmosphere. I mean, so, the huge stadium, the whiteout, uh, unbelievable. So I went to the App State Penn State game, a game that we actually outplayed them, lost in overtime, ran out of gas. Uh, and I, their fans didn't get up for our, our game. It was very disappointing. They were they they thought, oh, here comes little App State. Little mm-hmm. did they know that we were coming there to beat them. Yeah, and we didn't. <laughs> we fell short. Uh, but but I was disappointed they didn't show me more. So you got if you're going to be a legit fan base, you got to get up for every single game. That's right. So uh, but you know they were up for a big national primetime game against an SEC opponent. So they they did love that. So we'll, we'll yeah. give them a win. So uh, shout out to cousin Sammy on on that. Cousin Sammy. He so he went. I went to the App State Penn State game with him. And the deal was whoever won that game, that was the school he was going to go to. So he, Penn State, Penn State won. We, I would have no had no way. That was the that was the deal. That How did the, you get him to agree to that? I know he well, he lives in Pennsylvania. I think he would have gone either way. But it was yeah. at least it was a fun bet nonetheless. Yeah. Well, one person who who doesn't have to bet is Shannon, who says go Oregon. And here's for, here's something for Shannon: the best mascot in all of sports, college football, no matter what sport. Is the Oregon Duck? The Duck. Wait, Bryce, did you have anything on the line for that bet, or are you a guy that, hey, let's <laughs> bet this, and you have nothing on the line? I had nothing on the line. <laughs> yeah. I'm only doing bets that I that I win. That I yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about it. And finally, guys, uh, remember Frank Gore, who just seemed like he was just going to play running back forever? Well, he decided that he's not going to play football this year. He's actually picking up boxing gloves and is going to try a career in boxing. So what do you think of the of the sport change? I, I wanted to see Frank Gore keep going. Yeah. I wanted him to play till at least 40. He's the he's the the, the you know, the, the great running back hope to, to say, hey, you, you, you can play past 30. So yeah. I'm disappointed by the news. I thought he would jump on a team maybe midway through the season, a team like Baltimore even looking for a running back. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a Frank Gore fan. I love, I love what he's been able to do for a number of years, a number of teams, just staying healthy, staying out there, racking up the, the yardage. I'm even willing to consider him as a Hall of Famer because of the longevity. I think there's something to be said about that and, and the way that he – uh, you look at his career yardage; he's right up there at the top. So, uh, anyway, I think I think he's getting closer to how you define a Hall of Famer, Bryce. Can you tell the story of football without them? Frank Gore is Frank Gore is in that narrative. Uh, again, you're, you guys are putting things on me. I'm, is that how I gauge Hall of Famers? <laughs> we <laughs> talked about it, and that's I, if I remember correctly. You said, "Well, one, Baker Mayfield's destined to get there, and yeah, right. two, can you tell the story of football without him?" No, I feel like that's my take. Is are they a clear cut Hall of Famer? And that's mm. that's my that's my stronger take, my stronger feeling. So I'm not sure that Frank Gore would fit that category, but. So it's like, oh, Peyton Manning, yeah, Hall of Famer, no, like a no-brainer. To me, that's what the Hall of Fame should be. But because it's not, um, then you have to start looking at other factors. And to me, longevity should be a factor. Now, what Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson did in a short amount of time, despite their terrible franchise, yeah, that gets them in because good for them. Yeah. But for, for Frank Gore to play as long as he did and to have the stats that he did, I, I think is is Hall of Fame worthy. Fair. And, and for like Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, it's almost like 
when you play in Detroit, it goes by dog years. I mean, every season is really two seasons there. So they really played like 16, 17 years. Speaking of the Lions tonight, Monday Night Football, how much do the Packers win by? Anybody see a, a Lions upset? Is it a true dumpster fire in Green Bay? Or do they bounce back easily tonight? Well, it seems like the Panthers are would be 50-point favorites against the Packers. because. <laughs> the, Saints the Saints demolished the Packers and then didn't come close against the Panthers. I think a better question would ask is that, is Aaron Rodgers going to come to play? That would be Because nice. uh, 35 to 3, almost as if he didn't show up on the bus. The season has started, Aaron. Hoping for a huge game for, for A-Rod. That's right. He, you need him in fantasy. So yep. we'll, uh, we'll enjoy the game tonight. I'll be watching the Manning cast. Can't wait for that. Uh, great job out of Henry and Luke. We will talk next Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern uh, here on the live show. And shout out to everybody that listens later on the podcast. We appreciate you. Uh, either way, always love hearing from you. You can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. We will talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It Live podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.